episiotomies. Taint as common as they used to be. I'm Kevin Leeson. Pupil rain, pupil rain. I'm Torn Atkinson. My birth plan does not include the baby pult. I'm Dr. Jenna. Amnesia drug? When did I take an amnesia drug? I'm Joe Fulgham, and this is Caustic Soda. Pregnancy. Only pregnancy? From early 15th century Latin, pregnantum. Pregnantum. From pre before and ignasi to be born. So before born. Oh, okay. Before being born. That's so, definitely the stage before being born. Uh-huh. And childbirth. So it's not, yeah. it's not, it's not gnancy and then pregnancy? It kind of is. Pregnancy, yeah. except pre, but yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It makes a lot more sense if you're giving birth to a kid named Nancy. Oh, yeah, this G is silent. Before they got named. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and so after you're born, instead of calling them a baby, oh, I love your post- Post-Nancy. <laughs> your post-Nancy. <laughs> that, that, is, that is something that we should uh, spread to the four corners of the earth. I think so. Yeah. Happy post-Nancy day. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's the new birthday term. Happy post-Nancy day, day to you. Oh uh, yeah, we can't sing the second stanza. <laughs> like, can we get around the copyright? With they're that? fighting that. There's a there's a whole thing. Uh, yeah, apparently, the copyright's total BS, yeah. but it's never been challenged. And there's finally people raising money to challenge it. So, oh uh, yay! I can go to Earl's or whatever, and the entire staff yeah. can sing that song to me again. Instead of <laughs> "We Got a Birthday Here," never heard that one. No. Fear of childbirth is malusiophobia or lachiophobia. Malusia? What's a malusia? Uh, you, uh, ma, you lose your ma. Oh, no. Right? You know, ma malusia. Yeah. I also feel that fear of childbirth might be considered the third trimester. Just putting that out there. All right. right. Got it. Uh, fear of childbirth despite desperately wanting a baby, tocophobia. How do you spell that? T-O-C-O or T-O-K-O. Okay. They're both spelled that way. So it could be tocophobia. It could be tocophobia. Would not to be confused with smoking of marijuana. Uh, <laughs> or fear of smoking of marijuana. Or fear of talking. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, fear of pain or morbidity during childbirth, parturophobia. Oh. So there's a lot of variations. There's a lot yes. to be afraid of. of there's in so the... much to be afraid of. Right, Jenna? <laughs> lots. <laughs> lots and lots. Jenna is back. Woohoo! Yay! Yay! And just as a disclaimer for myself, while I am Dr. Jen, I am not in fact a medical doctor. Know a lot more what? about bacteria. I thought you were coming because you're an OBGYN. If you're not an OBGYN, <laughs> what are your bona fides? Well, I do have a fetus currently growing in my uterus. What? How did that get there? Ew. <laughs> That's one of the questions in the pop quiz. <laughs> I think I know the answer. I think I know the answer. I also, this is my first child, and I'm only halfway through the first pregnancy, and I've not yet, you know, actually completed a birth class or anything. So just to take um, any expertness with a bit of a grain of salt. <laughs> We're just here to actually hear her gasps of horror as you describe the things that can go wrong during a pregnancy. You haven't met me very many times, have you? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hoping for once. Do you know the gender sex of your child? I do not know the gender sex of my child. But you will be naming it Costi. Ah, yeah. I think that works for both yeah. a, a boy and a girl. I think no. so too. With, call, a, with a girl it, an I, and with a boy a Y. <laughs> there we go. Oh, no. Call it soda. Oh, that's fair. Right? 
We are not going to talk about thalidomide babies because you can go back to our deformity episode to hear all about that. Right. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about self-cesareans because we did that in our self-surgery episode yeah. way back in season one. That was a great one. We're not going to talk about Mary Toff's bunny babies because that was dealt with in our <laughs> hoaxes episode. <laughs> We're not going to talk about postpartum depression because that was dealt with in our depression, depression episode. episode. Yeah. Are sure you guys aren't experts in and of yourselves? <laughs> We're not going to talk about killing babies because that was dealt with in infanticide. Right. Well, not on purpose anyway. Caustic soda aside guide. And uh, if you want to hear all about abortions, go back and listen to our dedicated abortions episode. This Great is one. about the worst thing ever. <laughs> None of those. It's, this is about the actual awfulness. Yeah, we're actually going to talk about pregnancy and childbirth, the process. Ugh. This has probably <laughs> been our most requested episode from people emailing and posting on the Facebook page and going to the website. We have at least a half a dozen requests for this and mostly from women. And I yeah. was like, I don't want to do that episode. It's too scary even for me. Yeah. Yeah. We're finally facing our fears. This is the first episode where we're actually dealing with something that bothers oh, us. Oh, but you guys, it's so beautiful and magical <laughs> and natural a process. I'm so surprised that women would even request it as something in caustic soda. Maybe they emailed the wrong podcast. <laughs> I wonder what is going on with that glow, the pregnant glow. Do you think people are just like looking at them going... I, I see an angelic glow above them because they're about to ascend to heaven. Doesn't, the, like doesn't a, the doctor give you like radon pills or something to make sure the baby's in the right place? Probably I'm sure like at some point. Some kind of radioactivity issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, they use that all the time. Yeah, Geiger counters and whatnot. So for any of those out in our listening audience who are unfamiliar, pregnancy is the development of one or more offspring known as an embryo or a fetus in a woman's uterus. It is the common name for gestation in humans. Childbirth usually occurs about 38 weeks after conception. Hmm. In women who have a menstrual cycle length of four weeks, this is approximately 40 weeks from the start of the last normal menstrual period. Right. All right. So is everybody ready for a pop quiz? Let's test your baseline. Now, oh, let's, let's, let's have all of our bona fides around the table. Uh, have you ever been in a room when somebody was being born? Uh, only when I was the one who was being born. Oh, okay. All right. Do you I, remember? I assume I, assume so I was the, there. You were yeah. in the womb and then the room. I don't have any uh, photographic <laughs> evidence of Didn't that. Didn't start in the room. Exactly. Uh, so I, had a, I had a womb with a view. I'm assuming you are clearly, you don't clearly remember that event. No. Yeah, okay. How about you, Joe? Uh, yeah, I'm in the same boat. No, uh, never been bir- witness to a live birth, uh, except for my own, and again, don't remember it. Uh-huh. Uh, never knocked anybody up, uh, even accidentally, certainly not on purpose. I, in grade eight science, Mr. Lee, our science teacher, rolled in with the TV. His pregnant wife. No, 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 no. <laughs> but rolled in the TV, right? And uh, anytime you're in grade eight and somebody rolls in the AV cart, yeah, you're, you're like, like this is sweet. We're going to watch a movie. Did it have a laser disc? No, no, no. It was full VHS. Total VHS. Was, yeah, no, 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 no laser disc involved. But yeah, with no prompting whatsoever, stuck at a disc, press play, and it was the baby head was crowning. Like it was happening. <laughs> so men who was just, very comfortable talking about this. Oh, it was, it was a scream of terror went around the room. It was <laughs> yeah. like, ah, no. Or very comfortable at scaring classrooms full of children. Was it Halloween? Uh, no, no. He, he just. Uh, <laughs> He had boundary issues because okay. he also euthanized a bunny rabbit without telling anybody he was going to do it, so they could like you know open it up and look Good. at organs and whatnot. And, uh, that and became... by that we mean bonked him on the head with a sh- shillelagh. <laughs> no, I think it was a, a... <laughs> shillelagh, maybe not so much. Nunchucks. <laughs> okay, all right. 
Did he introduce the rabbit with like a name and let it repet <laughs> it and get to know it first? Because that would have been There's little Pauline. Evil. I unfortunately wasn't there. But uh, yeah, it became legendary. There's a uh, drawing of the happenstance in, uh, in the yearbook from that year. Oh my God, so you guys could have raised class. money to get a memorial statue. So uh, from a very early age, like relatively early, like, you know, 12 slash 13, I have seen baby come out of vagina, but, you know, um, um, not in the room. And felt horrible about it. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. it was, it was, uh, it was uh, you know, uh, scared me away from vaginas for quite some time. Maybe that was the goal. Yeah, that's, that, <laughs> that's why you didn't see that's them. Right. Yeah, you were scared. All right, pop quiz. Where do babies come from? Okay, no. It's okay. Just kidding. Something about a stork. But for anyone who yeah, there's no storks, there's no cabbage leaves. We we got some sperm and eggs. Mm-hmm. All right. But uh okay, so No t shirt cannons. Kevin. Yes. Can you put these four things in the order in which they're generated? All right. Mm, chronologically? Mm-hmm. Chronologically. Embryo, egg, fetus, sperm. Sperm, egg, embryo, fetus. False. No? <laughs> no, actually, so if my child is a female child, which I do not know yet. Uh-huh. She would already have all the eggs that she will ever have for her whole life ha! already. Ha! Wow. Yeah. And they're actually Porter? starting to deteriorate already. So that's quite uplifting. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, no, women are born with all of the eggs that they'll ever have. Whereas men, they're just cranking out the sperm all the time, which is why they can crank out the sperm all the time. How uh, many eggs uh, are there in there? Cranking is actually the right way to describe how I do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thousands That's the noise it makes. Thousands. Okay. Yeah. So you can only, you can, at most, you can have only have thousands of but, children. But that deteriorates <laughs> really quickly. Like, I think um, from the, and I think this is about right, the number that they are originally formed in the fetus is actually um, about twice as many as the child is born with. And oh, then that okay. goes quite quickly. And then the deterioration tapers off later. It's just consuming them during the gestation. It's like, oh, eggs for breakfast every day. Well, I consume <laughs> all own. kinds of things. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I, I thought we had established that we weren't going to be referring to your own child as your child, but as Little Soda. Sure. Okay, so okay. Little Soda may or may not have all her eggs if it is, in fact, a girl. Lil Soda is also acceptable. L I L. So yeah, the, the egg is formed first, mm-hmm. then the sperm, because you need the sperm and the egg to hang out before you get mm-hmm. the next stage. Yeah, right. I get that. Just embryo. Next we get embryo, yep. And then at some point, about nine or ten weeks in, then you it transitions from the embryonic stage to the fetal stage. It's kind of tadpole to frog kind of situation. Sort of. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> for our tadpole. If we weren't talking mammals. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see a human tadpole. I, oh, maybe I've already seen one in the deformity episode. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right, Torrent. Yes. What organ houses the fetus? The organ that houses the fetus is the that uterus. One, no, no. It's the one that goes dun, dun, dun. Oh, the Hammond organ. Yeah. <laughs> First answer correct. Oh, okay. Uterus. Sorry. Second answer, false. These also go approximately in order of most difficult last. Okay. So, Kevin, okay. you're doing really well so far. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm winning. Joe, Uh-oh. what happens when a pregnant woman has sex? <laughs> uh, she has a good time. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah correct. Well, I mean, if she's with me, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Kevin, I can't make any guarantees. Yeah, there pre- are no guarantees. Yeah. Give her, give her shit on the sex. No penis is running into baby. We're good to go. Yep. That's my understanding. Mm-hmm. Especially right. with Kevin. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> can't reach that. No guarantees. Far. 
I have the penis shape that is exactly the shape of going all the way through the vagina and the tubes to get into the oh, uterus. Like duck style <laughs> yeah. corkscrew. Yeah. 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 Got it. You you just sort of like circumvented one one piece there, but we're good. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what so, a doctor told me once. Plumbing. We just call it plumbing. <laughs> I don't like that you've like proudly described the fact that your penis can reach a baby in the womb. Like that's not a good thing. It's just something that happened once. <laughs> Accidental. It's no big deal. Quit making it a big deal, Joe. Yeah, it's just a, it's beautiful and natural. What organ is grown to support the fetus? Ooh, what dun, organ dun, is dun, grown dun. to support the fetus? Placenta. Yes. Yeah. Good job. <sighs> All right. How long in weeks is the average pregnancy, i.e. the time used to estimate the due date? 40. Good job. Uh, but, but depending on how we're calculating mm-hmm. things, it can be a little different, but we'll get to that. 39.3. Uh-huh. Joe. Uh. Does a fetus <laughs> pee? <laughs> yes. Sure. Sure yes. it does. Yeah. It sure does. Probably does. Wow. Yeah. It swallows amniotic fluid. Mm-hmm. And it pees it right back oh, out. Go, go. Mm-hmm. Right. And that just sort of cycle continues. Is, and a lot of the uric acid and other toxins right. get transferred to the mother through the placenta. But okay. And then yeah. they sweat it out. I, I don't know how much sweating. <laughs> They're already pretty wet in there. So and I the don't know. The, I mean, the mother. Oh, the mother sweats. I think the yeah. mother probably pees it out of herself. Guess, it's yeah. probably yeah. expelled yeah. through the typical waste function. Mm-hmm. Huh. But yeah, it's just. Huh. It's got this circular Baby little. Pee. Fetus pee. Yeah, swallow pee, swallow pee, swallow pee cycle yeah. happening mm-hmm. in utero. It is B. All right. Mm. <laughs> Which trimester is usually characterized by nausea and or vomiting? Usually. Oh, first trimester. I know this one. Oh, good job. I looked up morning sickness before this show. <laughs> Torrin, if I say I am four weeks pregnant, which I am not. Okay. How long has it been since egg and sperm met and had their little party? Oh, crikey. Um, oh, this is a trick question. I'm going to say. This sounds like a trick question. Oh, how old are you? <laughs> Maternal age is 27. Uh, also, not how old I am. Um, I'm gonna say at least four weeks. <laughs> Wrong. What? It's two weeks. Oh. So the gestational uh, time is usually calculated in this funky way. I realized after I found out I was pregnant how to calculate it. It's calculated from the first day of your last menstrual period. Oh. So it's impossible for you to be pregnant at that point. So when you actually conceive, you are already automatically two weeks pregnant. Oh. According to the way that we define it. So if you're one week pregnant... You've That's got, like a you've state that doesn't even really portal. exist. Yeah, oh, because yeah. you're not <laughs> pregnant. There's a paradox you, involved here. You, you have like a potential of being one week pregnant if in a week you become pregnant. So every month, by this definition, every woman who menstruates is two weeks pregnant uh, at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> have you ever been and pregnant? One week, definitely yes. one week pregnant. Definitely or like three week. days. Yeah, I'm three days pregnant as far as like the gestational age. Uh-huh. Right. But right. not until you actually get the, the sperm and the egg hanging out. Joe is making a weird face. This doesn't make any sense to me. Isn't pregnancy like when the sperm meets the egg? So, yeah, that's the, the act of conception there when, right. when your sperm and egg meet. But it's easier to count from external signs, the actual number of weeks. Okay. And so they just say, so right now um, I am 20 weeks pregnant. So we're kind of talking semantics and not science. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now it's I get really, it. Words it's really funny, though, yeah. because like... <laughs> No one really tells you this until okay. you become pregnant. You're like, what do you mean I'm five weeks doing the math? That doesn't make any... 
Oh. It had to happen no further back than your last yeah. period. Yeah. And then it happened. Yeah. So. And then most, like, the average woman's cycle is around four weeks. Right. And so then you can kind of go to the middle of that and estimate from there. And so it's an easier way to estimate. Yeah, I got you. Now, um, if a woman has an irregular period or um, a regular cycle, I should say, or there's sort of other things at play, or maybe she was on hormonal birth control or certain mm-hmm. things that are make it really unclear exactly how old the actual embryo is in utero, mm-hmm. then they might do a dating ultrasound. Ooh. Oh, so <laughs> they, they hook up another embryo inside and then they, through <laughs> match.com. See what happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You never know. You might get one of those arranged situations right out of the gate. Just go for coffee yeah. and see how mm-hmm. it goes from mm-hmm. there. Yeah, yeah. Right. they meet on OK Uterus. Mm-hmm. Either that or they measure the length of the embryo at an early stage and can actually determine to the day how old that baby is, oh, they don't, which becomes They, they don't helpful. cut through it and count the rings like a tree? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plus, Jenna, every woman I've ever been with Seems has told simple. me. Every woman I've ever been with has always told me it's not the size; it's how you use it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. This length thing is uh, really the most mm-hmm. accurate way to oh, find dude, out what you're, you're just jealous you, that you really, can't reach the fetus. <laughs> What's a gender reveal party? Oh, I know this. I, isn't that a party where you reveal to your friends the sex of your baby? It is, and to, but not entirely correct, and you reveal it to yourself. Yeah, true that. Oh, so, it so, so, the, so the doctor puts in like an envelope and then you, in front of everybody, <laughs> yeah. open no, it up or something? No, the no, you do alive. Even, no, because that's sort of anticlimactic to have it come out of an envelope or something. Sure. So the best way that people have figured out to do this is to take the envelope mm-hmm. to a bakery yeah, or maybe a balloon factory. Okay. Yeah. What? Hand it to them. Yeah. Get them to make a cake oh, that's God. either pink or blue. <laughs> okay. On the inside. On the inside. On the inside. And then ice the cake in white or yellow or green yep. or brown. And then do all kinds of like team girl, team boy stuff. And mm-hmm. then oh, dear. you invite all your friends and family over. And, and then you cut the cake. So- or open the box of balloons. I, cause I imagine I imagine when you say you reveal it to yourself, the baby's been born. It's been alive for a while. <laughs> and you just never look at that area. You like you have wrappings around it at all well, times. Y- you guys, I don't think ever. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to say I had cabbage patch dolls when I was little. Uh-huh. And that was part of the My process them, yeah. where you get the doll and you don't know whether oh. it's a boy or a girl. And then you do like a gender reveal and they're soaking things in water and figuring out the birth certificate and that kind of stuff to figure out whether it's a boy or a girl. I don't really understand the point of the gender reveal party. It just seems kind of. It's a party. There's cake. Right. But what, like, why does it have to be a secret beforehand? Like. I don't. It seems kind of narcissistic to me. But. Do you want us to throw you a gender reveal party, Kevin? <laughs> of whose gender? Yours. My own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have. <laughs> I feel so privileged. I thought I knew what mine was. What well, if you? We what if we know too? The cake the, and it's pink inside. There hasn't been a gender reveal party, so we only think we know your gender. Well, also, we, we won't to? know until the baker tells us. Also, well, we're pretty sure we know your sex, which is the other problematic thing about this. Is it's actually a sex reveal party, yeah. not a gender reveal right. party. That's why I said. But it tends yeah. to roll off the tongue a little nicer. Some people think, mm-hmm. or maybe they just don't like saying so the word sex. Well, the word sex means Person- other things, and you yeah. don't want to bring that up with. Babies, <laughs> and you never know how people are going to react or what they're going to yeah. wear if you invite them to a <laughs> to sex, sex reveal, reveal party. You right. <laughs> yeah. uh, All right, Kevin. Yes. Are false positives or false negatives more common in home pregnancy tests? Wait, so which one is the more common? Yeah, false positive or so the, false negative. Where you're pregnant, where you're not, or is, does it report that you're not when you are? Uh, I think false positives are more common. 
That's true. That would totally wow. be my guess too. If you if you see that little plus sign or those two little lines or whatever the heck test you're using, it has a little baby face or don't whatever start on ordering it. Not your little cake baby's yet. frowny face because you don't really know what that means. But uh, <laughs> yeah, if you see that, there's a really good chance that you're knocked up. Just go. To, oh, there, there's a really good chance that you are knocked up. If you see the positive pregnancy test. If you see a negative, you might have to wait or it might be a faulty test. But if you see a positive result, you're probably preggers. No, he said the false positive was more common. Did you? Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm wrong. Oh. You're wrong, Kevin. Oh, it's false it. positives. Do over. False negatives. False, false negatives are more likely. Oh, Ooh. so I was wrong too, because I would have thought that if you're going to make the test, the thing that you want is like if, if you're designing a test, right, and you're like, which way should we make this test lean? You want to lean to more false positives so that people yeah. can then go, OK, well, let's double check it with the doctor. Whereas if you get false negatives, people go, eh, and then they're pregnant and don't know. And, and then bad. three months later, you're like, God, I got to stop eating cheeseburgers or yeah, something. What the hell's going on here? Well, it has to do with the level of hormone. So it's measuring mm-hmm. a particular hormone that's in your pee. And so it depends on the level. And people will use right. it a little bit early because you are pregnant before you miss your period right but the level of hormone sort of like increases and increases and increases and really continues doubling like really increasing very quickly uh for a while and so there's certain thresholds where you can detect that and so you might be pregnant but are testing too early or the test is a little bit faulty okay um but if you see a positive that's pretty much a positive even a a home pregnancy test Uh, okay this is one of the situations where a positive is kind of a negative sometimes Really depends on your outlook on family depends planning. On the perspective. Yeah, depends yeah. on the people. Mm-hmm. I, I have lots of friends who are very happy about it, but not me. <laughs> I mean, for the record, Jenny, you're totally excited <laughs> about this, right? Like this is a great thing. You're, this was a planned pregnancy. You're, you're in a yeah. Uh-huh. You're in a you're in a strong marriage. And I am. You, and yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Please don't take our negativity. <laughs> our, ne- our negativity over this is entirely personal. I am not being negative good. at all. I thought I'm being very positive. I you, spent you a lot of time. You want to after take all. Jenna's baby once it comes out <laughs> right. and Name, raise it as your own. Name Wait. it Costi. Lil Sodi. Wait. What? Costi Sodi. Costi Sodi? What? No, no. No, it yeah. needs a loving home. I, I, spent <laughs> I, can't, I can't keep a cactus alive. <laughs> People not to give your babies to. Uh-huh. Okay. True or false, Torin? Pregnant women should avoid hot tubs. False. True. Everyone should avoid hot tubs. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone should avoid certain hot tubs. (laughs) Oh, okay. That is, those are I should avoid hot tubs. Yeah. Pregnant women should try and avoid raising their body temperature above normal levels. Unless they do an unwanted pregnancy. (laughs) Yeah. Even then, I'm getting, I guess it's a bad way to do it. And really unsure. Like, it's actually pretty. So. There's sort of a a conundrum when it comes to miscarriage because they're really, really, really common and not particularly easy to induce. Mm. And so there's, I mean, this is one of the reasons why there have been a lot of women, a lot of women who have died in the past trying to either induce miscarriage through dangerous means by basically poisoning or boiling or whatever themselves. All the stuff we went Mm -hmm. through in the abortion episode. Yeah, Mm -hmm. as well as going going through unsafe abortions. It's it's really hard to get rid of that little thing if it wants to stay there. It's clingy. Mm -hmm. It is, literally. On the other hand, there are lots of people that are really trying to hold on to one. It doesn't work out for them. So, yeah. yeah, It's basically whatever you don't want to happen. (laughs) That's what I've learned. (laughs) Yeah, don't, it's hard to change the course. Uh-huh. All right. What trimester is considered by most women to be the best one? The best oh. trimester. Oh, yeah. Wow. I'd see that movie. <laughs> what? No, you wouldn't. I got a one in three chance. Uh, and you already know that one I'm, is with nausea and vomiting. One has nausea and vomiting. And the, and the third one, you're as big as a house and waddling around and probably like having to poop and pee all the time. So I'm going to say the second. 
And for those reasons, that's what most women think. Yeah, the, right, the second right. is sort of like this superhuman Super trimester. Mm-hmm. Not everyone, I should say that this is really generalizing because a lot of women have a, a tough sure. time throughout or have different complications or whatever. But, but yeah, general, there's yeah. lots of energy. Uh, if you can deal with sort of the body image changes that you're going through, then, you know, you just are feeling good. Lots of energy. The mm-hmm. nausea and vomiting is pretty much past. Mm-hmm. Good to go. We should set up a poll on CausticSodaPodcast.com where all the pregnant ladies who are, are people who have had babies sure. can uh, rate their trimesters. Oh, yeah, there you go. A trimester poll. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite trimester? I will order RateYourTrimester.com right Let's away. Let's do it. How many extra calories a day is recommended to consume during gestation? One million. Oh, that's way too many. One million oh. calories. No? What about Octomom? Octomom must have been one million. I'm going to give you another shot at this. Mm. That's, per one, that's per one fetus, right? Yeah, per fetus. Like as a per capita. <laughs> I, I am not 100% sure, but I suspect it does not exactly double for twins. Okay. Mm. All right. For uh, the record, a million many... calories is about 285 pounds of fat. Yeah, that's the size of a baby, per right? Day. <laughs> that's the size of a baby, <laughs> per day. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, how many extra that calories? Was the, that I was getting... the size of the baby from Mork. <laughs> Mark from Mark's oh, baby. The, yeah, the big, big <laughs> one. Uh, I am, uh, I'm getting all the hardest questions. This is totally rigged. Uh, uh, t- 2,000. How many calories do you eat a day? 2,000 extra? Yeah, he probably eats about 2,200 oh to 2,500 a day. Okay, huh? 300. 300 extra oh, calories? 300 extra calories. It's now like a must, chocolate bar. That yeah. must change like through the course of the pregnancy, though, don't you think? In your first trimester, you're not actually... Um, it's it's not recommended, at least by today's Don't eat recommendations, extra. to eat anything extra. And okay. then second and third to basically go for about 300 a day. 300 a day, which is a really big letdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no yeah. kidding. No kidding. Yeah, yeah that's, that's... It's more like a king-size yeah, chocolate bar. That first trimester? A regular-sized chocolate bar, though. That little it's alien... A little bigger, but yeah. That little alien in your body can fend for itself. Screw it. We right? should start marketing right? fetus bars. Oh, exactly so 300 the calories? Exact 300 calories. This is the extra you food know what, you should eat. Eat your regular amount of food. Yeah, and then have and your fetus bar. You know, you know what is, is critical? I'd buy one if they were delicious. You know what is they critical? will be. You know what's critical to the success of that? Yes, is that it's making shaped people, like a fetus. Is, is the marketing, making people understand it's not made out of fetuses. Oh. Yeah, yeah that it's for fetuses, not of fetuses. I, I think, think that could be the tagline. <laughs> yeah, right. there you go. Put it right on the bar. <laughs> Made for Wait, fetuses, not, not of fetuses. fetuses. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a marketing opportunity for ice cream companies. They could uh-huh. uh, prepackage it yeah. in 300 calorie yeah. uh, pickle and... Uh, oh, pickle flavored ice cream. Avocado oh, yeah. ice cream. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know. yeah. Crave, crave bars. Here you go. Here's your extra day's calories in crazy ice cream flavor. Cravicles. 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 There you go. Done. I like it. Yep. It works. What is childbed fever? Childbed fever. That is childbed fever. Childbed fever. Um, childbed fever is when you don't know you. You're probably only going to have one baby. Okay. But you think you might have like a million babies. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you need beds for all of them. Oh. <laughs> so this you got a raising... fever. So it's like a shopping spree. <laughs> this is a raising Arizona situation. For beds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and you you're like, I gotta buy all twin size the... beds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta buy all the bunk beds and the twin side beds. I got child bed fever. <laughs> I got a fever. And the only solution <laughs> is more child beds. Yes. That's got that's it. what it is. Got it. Close. Okay. No, not close. It's probably when you're up in bed because you you're pregnant and uh, can't move and then you get a fever. No, it's yeah. actually um, post 
delivery fever that the mother gets um, and we'll talk about it in the history section, but mm-hmm. uh, caused deaths of many, 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 many thousands oh, of women. So it's a fatal fever. Yes, yeah. up can until, be. Up until yeah. like 1900, it was the number one cause of uh, lady deaths in uh, childbed fever. Yeah. And influenced by all kinds of different trends that we'll talk about. It's also mm-hmm. called purpural fever. Mm-hmm. Pur- all right. Purpural, not purple. I don't know if anyone turns purple, but depending on the bacterium, they might. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it involves bacterium, which is why Jen is smiling. True or false, if you deliver by C-section once, you will have further deliveries by C-section. For shiz. True. False. Oh. Yeah, that's not true. Yeah, no. That used to be the thinking, which is also one of the reasons why the rates of C-sections lately have dropped a little bit, mm-hmm. um, is because people are having vaginal deliveries following C-section deliveries. Oh, okay. Yeah. Approximately. I would think after a C-section, you would have a D-section. Alphabetically speaking. <laughs> that seems logical to me. It makes, that makes sense. Or a B-section counting down to a where you just like that's it you're right. done lady oh okay yeah. you can only have three sections that's the maximum <laughs> number well the c-section is named after caesar because it's caesarean section so the d-section would be donald duck so you'd be born in an egg is that what it would be or well, a, a b-section would be bugs bunny mm, oh okay i don't know i'm going cartoony that's when you uh, get born as a bunch of <laughs> tiny pieces of rabbit out of a woman's vagina that's uh, the b-section the, oh, the bunny section the bunny oh, yeah, section yeah, yeah. okay mm-hmm. Have you talked about her? Approximately how large is the fetus inside me right now? In uh, length? In kilometers? From head to rump. In kilometers or in kilometers? You can do kilometers. You can do kilometers. In tons. <laughs> <laughs> you can also do tons. Okay. Let's do length from head to rump uh, in either centimeters or inches, so whichever not, one you feel more comfortable. Not including. Depending which one I'll have to calculate. Uh, not sec. including, not the, including tail. the legs. Hold on a sec. Uh, uh. Here, I will, I will get up to facilitate this do the, uh, do the horns count? I'm doing the... Uh, uh, Wait, where's my camera? my camera right now? Uh, uh, I got a bunch. We're okay. going to cut all that part. I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go two centimeters. Holy crap, is that ever wrong? Oh, God. I've been working on this thing for 18 weeks, bud. <laughs> well, but they start... Don't they... They kind of get like an exponential thing going, don't it's they? It's really actually quite amazing, but... Aren't they kind of cancerous where they start like the super tiny small and then it just goes, you know, it creeps and creeps and then blah, 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 rushes to the finish line? There's a lot of rushing, actually. It gets big really, really fast. Oh. But mm. so right now from uh, the head to the end of the rump, if I am an average woman, mm-hmm. it is... Are you an average You're woman? You're not an average I, woman, Jenna. can't say. <laughs> Around six and a half inches long. Six and a Whoa. half inches? Mm-hmm. So what's that? Wow. 15 centimeters or something? And about 10 that's like and a half... like more than half a foot. 10 and a half ounces. Wow. Yeah. Wow, I know. It's like, like totally in there and everything. Woo. All right. I was way off. You All were right. way off. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be smaller. Oh, you would have gone smaller? I would have gone smaller. Than that. Right. There you go. All right. I'm not as wrong as Torin. I need a t-shirt. TM. <laughs> I'm not as wrong as Torin. Yeah. I'm ready. What is a breech birth? Breech birth. That's <laughs> it's, it's when you're wearing breeches. That's, that's when you're in a submarine. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I got it. The visual is there already. <laughs> you're in a submarine. Someone's pregnant on the submarine. It's just about to come out, and then the submarine surface, surface, and it rises to the to the surface of the ocean. Everyone gets the bends, and yes, everyone <laughs> yeah. gets the bends, and it pushes out through the water, and then it opens the hatch, and then a baby flies out. Well, it's like that, but no submarine. It's a water birth that's aimed up. Uh huh. Uh, that's my answer. I think it's when a woman gives birth wearing breeches as a catching device. <laughs> women a- probably did give. 
birth wearing some breeches. breeches. Yeah, it's a breeches birth. Except yeah, that's, like... we should have clarified what the spelling was before I before yeah. I answered it. So a breech birth is when the baby is presenting with um, sort of the rear part of the child. Oh, it's not facing the right of the way. Head. Right. Yeah, hmm. so. Okay, so it's a, the baby's supposed to come out head first, yeah. and this is butt first. Butt or foot, or or probably butt is more so, common. But maybe this baby's just a fan of water slides. Right. You can deliver a baby safely in a breech birth, but it is considered a lot riskier um, than the regular head first type of orientation. Because the legs split, right? Like it's like when you're coming at like that the legs might split up and like one will go be in and you'll be pulling the leg out and that that would be bad yeah like that would be bad that's one way that it can happen even if it just comes out sort of ass first and you mm-hmm. grab the ass and the and the the legs and the legs stay together right it's still a lot more dangerous bad, than if yeah. it comes out the head yes now i'm not sure if we're talking about this later but what does the when the baby comes out normally head mm-hmm. first uh-huh. yeah, is it looking up at the ceiling Oh, we will talk about this later. Or, okay. Yeah. Okay. Disregard. <clears throat> and finally, at how many weeks, and this is going with the 40-week scheme, mm-hmm. is a, a pregnancy considered to term? Mm. To, to, oh. oh, we did talk about this in abortion. I think so. Yeah. So just- Can you remember? This can is now you, a memory yeah, test. Now it's, it's no longer- I'm a... the worst person to do with a memory test for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say 28 weeks. No, that would no. be sort of fun. No, 37 weeks. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. So just sort of... Well, I thought... Oh, I, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking could survive outside on its own. I don't know what to term means, I guess. What yeah. does to term mean? To term means that you can have sort of a regular delivery. It's not oh. considered higher risk. It's not considered anything mm-hmm. you know negative. You don't have to stay in the hospital that longer, that kind of thing. The child will probably be smaller. There's probably research on both sides of it as far mm-hmm. as you know outcomes and that kind of thing for child children being born slightly early but it's basically baby's good to go they can breathe they can suckle they can do everything they need to do so i think what we have proven here is is that we are all awful at this which is good i guess because we're you know it's not like we have to learn about things we're never gonna need to know basis yeah Mm -hmm. like you don't even really need to know until you're getting to a point where you need to know other things someone's got something growing in them you need to know if you're gonna get that little Mm -hmm. doctorate uh, is there anything in the last 19 weeks that has, or I guess 17 weeks since you knew you were actually pregnant instead of pretend pregnant, that, that you learned as a result of educating yourself in this process that has surprised you, that you found surprising? You went, well, I, that. I was surprised that five weeks pregnant meant three weeks pregnant. Okay, so we've already dealt with that particular issue. Yeah. Um, I was surprised <laughs> at how fast everything develops and sort of the rate at which you get a recognizable human mm-hmm. in your uterus. Uh, we had fingers a, and toes. With, complete with beard and yeah, mustache. Yeah, fingers mm-hmm. and toes. Beards and mustaches tend to come a little later, but this child at this point at 20 weeks should have hair uh-huh. um, over its body. And that kind of thing just amazes me. Like, it's really phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the, the pace at which this is all happening. All right. In the United States and the United Kingdom, 40% of pregnancies are unplanned, and between a quarter and a half of those unplanned pregnancies were unwanted. Mm-hmm. Of those unintended pregnancies that occurred in the U.S., 60% of the women used birth control to some extent during the month pregnancy occurred. So how many does that leave uh, people who are born who their parents didn't love them? 100%. 
<laughs> Especially during labor. I, I like those odds. Yeah. By the end of the embryonic stage, the beginnings of features such as fingers, eyes, mouth, and ears become visible. After about 10 weeks of gestational age, the embryo becomes known as a fetus. At the beginning of the fetal stage, the risk of miscarriage decreases sharply. Sex organs begin to appear during the third month of gestation. S- synapses begin forming at 17 weeks. Your baby's got some synapses. I know. And it's actually a lot earlier than 17 weeks that sort of the the neural connections in the brain and elsewhere in the body start forming. It's really, really, really early. It's amazing. And you have a telepathic connection with your fetus, right? So you can think, you know what it's thinking at all times. Course. Okay. Right. You most, let- most of the time I tune it out. It's pretty boring. Okay. But. Right. Little soda isn't, uh, you know, brimming with with uh, aph- aphorisms and and wisdom and you know Confucian like. Uh... <laughs> well, I heard some chatter about biological weapons, but I kind of I think I'm blocking uh-huh. it out a little bit. <laughs> food, food, food. Yeah, probably, food, yeah, probably food, more along the line of biological food, imperative. Food. Give me some more food. This uh, pee that I'm drinking doesn't taste good. Food, food. Ugh, I'm drinking my own pee. Food, <laughs> food. Uh, the fetus inside a pregnant woman may be viewed as an unusually successful allograft since it genetically differs from the woman. The main reason for this success is an increased maternal immune tolerance during pregnancy. I don't know what any of those words mean. So basically, the baby is has that... half of my genetics, if we're not counting the mitochondria, we're not even going to get into that. Okay. Uh, half of my genetics and half of my husband's genetic right. material. We hope it's your so... husband's genetic material. <laughs> I'm going to go with I know that one for sure. Um, (laughs) it's okay i'm comfortable he's got a sense of humor he's comfortable we're good okay good so it's not fully mine which means that my immune system could recognize it as foreign invader Mm -hmm. yeah i'm gonna go with parasite (laughs) ish Yeah. yeah um but so there's sort of this careful balance that has to happen for me to grow this thing but also not attack the thing to protect myself right and so as kevin mentioned there's a degree of immunosuppression that happens during pregnancy so a lot of pregnant women experience a lot of colds and that kind of stuff Mm. um, which is can be very uncomfortable especially since you can't take most cold medications because of all all the all the uh immune resources are going into the baby is that no the immune resources are being suppressed so that you you don't reject your baby just don't attack stuff so much like just calm down you're doing a really good job with all these you know sweeps but just okay just take a coffee break yeah chill Chill out, immune system. Yeah, and so then all the other pathogens that They're were like, hey, party time. Exactly. <laughs> well, party time for all the other bacteria and viruses coming at us, who you know are constantly looking to yep. infect our bodies. And now, when you're pregnant, you're less able to defend yourself because you're having this blanket immunosuppression to be yep. able to not reject your fetus. The other thing that helps with this um, at later stages, once it's better developed, is the placenta. So the placenta is attached to the inside of the uterus. We mentioned in the pop quiz Mm -hmm. that it's an organ that grows to support the baby. Yep. So not only does it... It's like a big um, fleshy blanket. Kind of. Mm -hmm. It it attaches to the uterus, so it gets its blood supply and that kind of thing, and is basically um, an interface where the maternal and fetal um, blood systems can communicate with one another okay Mm -hmm. and so there's veins uh two arteries in a vein going through the umbilical cord from the placenta that's where the umbilical cord is actually attached to to the fetus that gives it nutrients and that kind of thing from the mother it's also through those veins or through that vein rather is where um stuff like the uric acid that would normally be in the urine and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing gets transferred back to the mother for disposal um but the placenta 
also acts as a barrier. So it's not just a free mixing of fluids right. that happens. It's across this tissue. And so there are lots of pathogens that or bacteria um, that can't cross that barrier. There's also components of the female, um, like the mother uh, immune system, that can't cross that either. So it can't attack the baby. Mm-hmm. And so uh, certain antibodies can get across it, but certain other cells that would normally play a role in immunity can't cross that into the baby. And so the placenta is protecting not only against the things that are attacking the mother, but against the mother herself. It's like so no man's is, land. It's like a firewall. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In um, you know, nerd speak. But placenta uh, wall sounded sort of weird, so they went with fire. <laughs> One in 2,500 women at delivery refuse to acknowledge that they are pregnant. This, this condition is called the denial of pregnancy. Right. Some non-pregnant women have a very strong belief that they are pregnant, along with some of the physical changes. This condition is known as pseudosiasis or false pregnancy. Oh, no. It was so, just lasagna. No, this is so dramatic. It can be really amazing the extent to which a woman's physiology can change to sort of support this belief that she's pregnant. Yeah. We're talking... Distended stomach. Oh, yeah. And, you know... Uh, which can be caused either by sort of accumulation of gas or um, sort of the muscles changing and relaxing and also um, sort of affecting subconsciously a swayed back. The posture, Which yeah. then pushes out the, the abdomen, but all the nausea, breast um, enlargement and that kind of thing can absolutely happen. Oh, yeah. Woo. That's can a symptom. Say, you should have seen him perk up, folks. Woo. Now who's glowing? Mm. <laughs> mm, nausea. Mm. That's interesting. So then at some point, that lady must be like, oh. Well, it really depends on how far it gets. Yeah. Um, some women actually go into labor. I am right. using your quotes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there and was a recent queef. case, I believe. <laughs> There's your, sorry, it's a gas baby. <laughs> Well, there was a recent case in, I think it was Brazil, where a woman uh, had a very advanced case of pseudocyesis. She went to the hospital. She hadn't received any prenatal care, obviously. They tried to listen for a fetal heartbeat and couldn't hear anything, so they rushed Mm. her to the ER. Thinking that she had had a a cesarean. Oh! Wow! No baby in there. There's nothing in there. Oh! Just broccoli. Oh, my God, it's an invisible baby! (laughs) (laughs) And that's how Kevin Bacon was born.
Use of recreational drugs in pregnancy can cause various complications. Ethanol or alcohol during pregnancy can cause fetal alcohol syndrome and right. fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. A number of studies have shown light to moderate drinking might not pose a risk, although no amount of alcohol can be guaranteed to be absolutely safe. So just cut it out. Smoking during pregnancy causes twice the risk of premature rupture of membranes, placental abruption, and placental previa. Also, it causes 30% higher odds of the baby being born prematurely. So really cut that out too and Mm -hmm. listen to our tobacco episode because cut it out for you too. Yeah. Prenatal cocaine exposure is associated with premature birth, birth defects, and attention deficit disorder. Of course, of course. I don't know why that would happen. I don't know why the baby wants to get out. Just wants to get out. Gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta get things done. Gotta go. Gotta go. There's also an interesting connection between uh, studies for prenatal cocaine exposure and that for alcohol. Um, So there haven't been a lot of studies looking at the lower level of alcohol consumption during pregnancy, which is why they say that no amount is proven safe because you Mm -hmm. can't prove it's safe because the studies that you need to do for that are these blind (laughs) controlled studies, which you can't do because you can't be like, yeah, "Yeah, this might put your baby at risk, but do this and that group do this. You're control your placebo. Go. Uh, yeah, so we need you, 2,000 pregnant ladies. 1,000 of you have a couple beers. Yeah. <laughs> and they they can't do the studies. Yeah. And so yeah. there's no way. There's not a lot of evidence to show. And mm-hmm. by not a lot, I, very, very little evidence to right. show that 
light drinking does any harm. Mm -hmm. And actually, one of the studies where they looked at that, um, and I'm going to, I don't know all the exact numbers, but there were mothers that did um, drink lightly and mothers that didn't, that they were comparing. Um, But a significant number of both of those groups did cocaine. Oh, okay. <laughs> but oh. this was not controlled for <laughs> right. in the study. Dough. It was included as like in the notes, like, oh yeah, and some of the, you know, 60% of the mothers that were light drinkers and 30% of the mothers that weren't drinkers also did recreational cocaine. <laughs> Holy crap. And so that's sort of the <laughs> stu- study. That's like one of the only studies looking at this, was this stage. Study, was this study conducted between 1978 and 1983? Can't say. I honestly, I, I don't have it in front of me, in, but there, in, there's a connection there. That oh, seems high the, to me. The study, the study was done. You said in, high. No, the study was done in Miami in 1982. Yeah, yeah. like that's how. Yeah. <laughs> Where you again? I can't like, guarantee those are the exact numbers, but there was there was some mixing of the. But the if you were to randomly there. pick 60 percent of, if you were randomly pick, pick women, how many of them 60 percent would be trying cocaine a little bit as opposed to 60% of pregnant women. No, they did the study on this uh, island in the South Pacific called Mount Cocaine. Prenatal methamphetamine exposure can cause premature birth and congenital abnormalities as well as long-term effects in terms of brain development. Also true in adults. Cannabis in pregnancy is associated with adverse effects on the child later in life. Mm-hmm. Six phases of a typical head-first presentation delivery. Okay, so Six we're, yeah, phases. skipping forward to delivery here. Yeah. Stage one, engagement of the fetal head in the transverse position. What's the, transverse mean? The baby's so, yeah. head is facing across the pelvis at one of the mother's hips. Also, Tarn, are you providing sound effects for these? I feel like if we're going to have stages. Engage. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> stage two, descent and flexion of the head. Ooh, descent and flexion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, I wish no, I brought my slide whistle. Slide whistle. <laughs> Sli- stage three, internal rotation. The feet. <laughs> The fetal head rotates 90 degrees to the occipital anterior position so mm-hmm. the baby's face is towards the mother's rectum. Damn near killed him. Stage four, delivery by extension. Delivery! <laughs> delivery, yeah! <laughs> uh, the head passes out... <laughs> and it's got a huge extension cord on it. It's delivery yeah, by extension. The head passes out of the birth canal, tilted forwards so that the crown of its head leads the way through the vagina. Stage five, restitution. Uh, <laughs> the, the, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for what I just did to your vagina. The head, Here, let me pay you back. That's restitution. The head turns 45 degrees to restore its normal relationship with the shoulders, which are still at an angle. Stage six, external rotation. The shoulders repeat the corkscrew movements of the head. Oh, okay. The fetal head may temporarily change shape substantially, becoming more elongated as it moves through the birth canal. This change in shape of the fetal head is called molding (laughs) and is much more prominent in women having their first vaginal delivery. Oh, you're going to get some molding. Mm-hmm. Here's hoping, because the (laughs) the alternative could basically be, you know, cesarean section, which I'd, you know. If we, can, if we can go vaginal, I'd like to go vaginal. Okay. I that's, I'd say that every day. Why is that? That's, that's, I wake up in the morning and I say to myself, if I could go vaginal, I'd prefer to go vaginal. Why do you prefer, why, why would you prefer vaginal over a C-section? Um, because I would rather avoid the risks of the surgery. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as there's evidence to support um, the bacterial inoculation that happens during the traverse of the birth canal and vagina, mm-hmm. um, coating the baby skin that can provide oh. beneficial immune um, and, and sort of uh, the microflora mm-hmm. um, 
development in early childhood. Cool. The good thing is that it's not, it doesn't have to be the biggest worry in the world because really cesarean sections performed in North America right now and Europe and, mm-hmm. and actually probably lots and lots of places in the world are very, very safe um, and have really great outcomes mm-hmm. as well. Will they so, hurt less? I guess it depends on when and, and where. What kind of anesthetic you're yeah. during either of the things? Yeah. Well, so that basically sets the stage for the whole like pregnancy and childbirth thing. But this is caustic soda. So we need to start talking about complications. Okay. Childbirth is an inherently dangerous and risky activity subject to many complications. The natural mortality rate of childbirth, where nothing is done to avert maternal death, is estimated at 1,500 deaths per 100,000 births. Is that 15%? No, that's 1.5%. In modern Western countries, the current maternal mortality rate is around 10 deaths per 100,000 births. We've really, we've come a long way. Yeah. During, during the medieval period, it was actually really common for you to make sure that you, you know, had all your confessions in order and your will in order and whatnot when you found out you were pregnant because the rate, the the chance of you dying sometime during the pregnancy or birthing process was relatively high. And we'll talk about that in the history section. Preterm complications, one of the most common is morning sickness or the extreme version, hyperemesis gravidarum. Hyperemesis gravidarum. This is a pregnancy. I cast a spell of pregnancy at you. (laughs) Well, we know what emesis means, thanks to our fecal emesis uh, thing. So hyperemesis. Is that projectile vomiting? Lots and lots of vomiting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This is a pregnancy discomfort that affects more than half of all pregnant women. Sometimes symptoms are present in the early hours of the morning and reduces the day progresses. So you can have mid-afternoon sickness. Okay, so morning have dusk sickness. Goodness knows who the fuck named morning sickness because it is not morning sickness. It's just you feel sick. And it's not even necessarily more prevalent in the morning for this most women. sounds like somebody who <laughs> No, I honestly, I can't claim... To have much to complain about in this department, to tell you the truth, I made it through my first trimester without puking once. But you felt kind of nauseous. I felt kind of nauseous and queasy. Right. Except for that time you did puke when you got totally drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Except for that one time. <laughs> to, to be fair, she's also totally on high on cocaine at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's just yeah, a it's whole hard mess. to say. It's hard to say. Yeah, what was causing that? Um, but yeah, some people have it t- tough. For most women who suffer from it, it stops around the twelfth week of pregnancy. Uh, Related to increased estrogen levels, the nausea can be mild or induce actual vomiting. More severe cases, vomiting may cause dehydration, weight loss, alkalosis, and hypokalemia. Mm. This condition is known as hyperemesis gravidarum and occurs in about 1% of pregnancy. uh, One of our family members had a wonderful experience where she was throwing up more than once a day until the day she delivered. Wow. Wow. Yeah, this is... I'm feeling good. Yeah. Dogging. She shouldn't have gone to the tilt world all the time. <laughs> that was my problem. Some women. I with... stopped puking when I just stopped going on those rides. <laughs> that's a good that's a good tip. Yeah. Pregnant women should stay off the tilt world. Some women with hyperemesis gravidarum lose as much as 10% of their body weight. In puke. M- many sufferers are extremely sensitive to odors in their environment. This is known as hyper olfaction. Oh. And certain smells may exacerbate symptoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, smells like uh, poop. And uh, other people's vomit. Does it? And I'm um, just uh, no, things just, that make no, me feel sick. No, totally regular smells or smells that would be regular to other people. For me, even thinking of certain tastes or certain smells like uh, nori on sushi. 
Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, just like couldn't just couldn't set you off. Think about it. Uh, my mom had a tough time. She worked in a drugstore, and they had a delivery of watermelon bubblicious. Oh, delightful! When she was in her first trimester, that permeated all of the space mm-hmm. that where she had to eat and that kind of thing in the uh, back. And she can't smell that to this day. Bubblicious was that gum that if your friend was chewing it yeah. like five feet away, yeah. you could smell it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? I yeah. feel really bad for her. But yeah, just really normal things where some people get really turned off of meat. Some people get turned on to meat. Some people, just anything that you can smell or taste that might be very distinctive, someone's going to have an issue with. Uh, as Jenna mentioned, uh, some sufferers will experience severe symptoms until they give birth and sometimes even after giving birth. And that giving birth's got to smell bad with all the shit that's going on down Ugh, there. Ugh. Sometimes literally. Yeah, exactly. If hyperemesis gravidarum is inadequately treated, anemia, hyponatremia, Wernicke's encephalopathy, renal failure, central pontine myelinolysis, uh-huh, coagulopathy, Atrophy, Mallory Weiss tears, hypoglycemia, jaundice, malnutrition, pneumomediastinum, rhabdomyolysis, deconditioning, deep vein thrombosis, pulmonary embolism, splenic avulsion, vasospasms of cerebral arteries are all possible consequences. Depression is a common secondary complication. I would, uh, after all of that, yeah, <laughs> being bummed out for sure. Yeah. I'm guessing that a lot of these complications are similar to what would result from um, bulimia or like other advanced bulimia. Dehydration. Yeah. Or... Well, and specifically through throwing out because you're going to, you know, be uh, putting a lot of acid and that kind of thing through your esophagus. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good uh, point. Pregnancy already results in a lot of acid reflux right. um, for the most part oh. for a lot of women. You're screwing up your electrolytes um, through sort of this misregulation uh, of fluid consumption that you're having. You're not being able to keep down actual nutrition, which is where a lot of the wasting right. and anemia can come from. You're already trying to increase your blood volume by when you're pregnant – over the course of your pregnancy, you increase your blood volume by like 30 or more percent. You just crave it? blood? You become like a vampire and <laughs> no, just no, like, no. I don't want to drink blood. No, that's not what she means. She means your blood gets louder, right? Yeah, you increase your like blood that. volume. You can yeah, yeah. hear it. You can pump hear it. Through your veins now. <laughs> and so yeah. can the baby. It's really loud. Yeah. Kung, 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 kung. Yeah. But yeah, there's already all these changes going on that are a strain on your metabolism. Mm-hmm. And then you're basically taking all the stuff you're trying to feed yourself with and just puking it right back up. Oh. Violently. Author Charlotte Bronte is often thought to have suffered from hyperemesis gravidarum. She died in 1855 while four months pregnant, having been inflicted by intractable nausea and vomiting throughout and was unable to tolerate food or even water. Wow. So that's an extreme example. Water intolerance. That's a problem. That's a major problem. Another preterm complication uh, is ectopic pregnancy. Ectopic. Ectopic. Oh, that's uh, photos of the Ghostbusters reunion, right? Ectopic pregnancy. A condition in which the embryo implants outside the uterine cavity. With rare exceptions, ectopic pregnancies are not viable. Furthermore, they are dangerous for the mother mm-hmm. since internal hemorrhage is a life-threatening complication. Most ectopic pregnancies occur in the fallopian tube, otherwise known as tubal pregnancies. But implantation can also occur in the cervix, ovaries, or abdomen. Yep. Or in my case, it was in the knee. <laughs> really? Baby on the knee? Yep. I got baby on the knee. Uh, an ectopic pregnancy is a potential medical emergency, and if not treated properly, can lead to death. Very rarely, a live baby has been delivered from an abdominal pregnancy. Wow. In such a situation, the placenta sits on the intra-abdominal organs or the peritoneum and has found sufficient blood supply. <laughs> That's awesome. This is generally bowel or mesentery, but other sites such as the kidney, liver, or liver artery, or even aorta have been described. 
What's mesentery? Mesentery is a fold of visceral peritoneum that anchors the abdominal viscera to the posterior wall of the abdomen. So it's down there in your gut somewhere. Maternal morbidity and mortality from extrauterine pregnancy are high as attempts to remove the placenta from the organs to which it is attached usually lead to uncontrollable bleeding from the attachment site. Right. If the organ to which the placenta is attached is removable, such as a section of the bowel, then the placenta should be removed with that organ. Wow. So you can, they can take a part of your body with it. Well, if you think we talked about the placenta sort of glomming onto the inside of the uterus and then getting its blood supply and that kind yep. of thing from mm-hmm. there. Yep. And so the uterus is designed to do this. Yeah. I use the word designed in a very non- <laughs> <laughs> Non-religious way. The uterus has way. evolved to do this. The uterus has evolved to do this, um, whereas other organs, not so much. And so if you think of sort of even, I don't know, like the really- uh, intractable ivy on the outside of buildings and right. how that can really glom on and yeah. then you know you if you rip that off you're ripping off parts of concrete and that kind of thing oh um, nice analogy by the way that your insides are a brick wall and, yep. the, and, a, and the baby, and the is, baby a, is, a is a parasitic a vine, vine. <laughs> let's learn about episiotomy uh, epis can we uh, episiotomy is my personal least favorite word in the english language why because it sounds like a horrible thing. Because <laughs> I know what it is, and it sounds horrible. It's a pretty common thing. I know. That makes it even more horrible. A planned surgical incision of the perineum, or perineum, mm-hmm. and the posterior vaginal wall mm-hmm. during the second stage of labor. Uh-huh. The incision is performed under local anesthetic and is sutured closed after delivery. It is one of the most common medical procedures performed on women, and although its routine use in childbirth has steadily declined in recent decades, it is still practiced in many parts of the world, including Latin America, Poland, Bulgaria, India, and Qatar. Mm-hmm. So for anybody who doesn't know what the perineum is, it's your taint. Mm-hmm. So yes. basically what we're doing here is enlarging, enlarging the opening uh, from, you know... The, the scientific term is embiggening. Mm-hmm. We are embiggening the yeah. opening that the baby can come through. Okay, this right. is kind of a humble brag, so right? It, this is kind of a humble brag because, like, oh, you know what? My vagina is too small to let a baby through. <laughs> it's too, it's too, it's too so tiny wait, and tight. So you're you're advertising to your future sexual mm-hmm. partners that to solve this problem, you've had it sliced open. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Humble, humble brag. I'm going. With it. I'm sticking <laughs> with it. <laughs> Don't worry. It's tightened now. It healed. Episiotomy is done as prophylaxis uh-huh. against soft tissue trauma. So basically to avoid it just tearing open when the baby comes out, they put a cut in there so that they, yeah. they control it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the thinking being that a clean surgical cut will heal better than the tears that will happen naturally. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, not all women tear. It really depends on how far things stretch and whatnot and speed and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I say blah, blah, blah now because I'm only in my second trimester. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the idea was we can do better. We'll just slice it clean. Science is always better than nature. Tears can involve the perennial skin or extend to the muscles and the anal sphincter and anus. Mm-hmm. The midwife or obstetrician may decide to make a surgical cut to the perineum with scissors or a scalpel or a grapefruit spoon <laughs> to make the baby's birth easier and prevent severe tears that can be difficult to repair. Uh, Controversy surrounds this procedure. Of course it does. While episiotomy is employed to obviate tissues. Mm-hmm. Uh, issues. To obviate issues, mm-hmm. obviate, such as postpartum pain, 
incontinence, and sexual dysfunction, some studies suggest that episiotomy surgery itself can actually cause all these problems. Yeah, so it's kind of like, uh, um, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't, or you just rolling the dice. I don't know. Having episiotomy may increase perennial pain during postpartum recovery, resulting in trouble defecating. Right. You got your poop problems there. Yeah, because you're sliced up down there. Yep. In addition, it may complicate sexual intercourse by making it painful and replacing erectile tissue in the vulva with fibrotic tissue. Oh, so your erectile, healthy erectile tissue gets replaced by scar tissue because they've put a cut there and created a scar. Yes. Now, if you get a tear, you might scar anyway, and I am honestly not that up on sort of the risks, benefits, whatever. I mean, we've stopped using it as frequently in this country, uh-huh. uh, which may or may not say something. Um, but I mean, there yeah, is... From what I read, it seems like the medical community is like, in the Western world anyway, is steering away from a PZR. And it seems like a lot of interventions in general, as we'll talk about when we get to forceps and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah. Uh-huh. A nationwide U.S. population study suggests that 31% of women having babies in U.S. hospitals received episiotomies in 1997, compared with 56% in 1979. Yeah, so there you go. They are, they are in decline. In Latin America, it remains popular. Especially with the women it's being performed on. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some stuff on birth injuries here. Oh, okay. All right. Things that happen during Mm -hmm. delivery. All right. Lay it on me, Joe. Okay. Vaginal birth injury with visible tears or episiotomies are common. Internal tissue tearing as well as nerve damage to the pelvic structures lead in a proportion of women to problems with prolapse, incontinence of stool or urine, and sexual dysfunction. Uh 15% of women become incontinent to some degree after normal delivery. Risk factors are risk factors for significant vaginal birth injury include a baby weighing more than nine pounds. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Heavy baby syndrome. Uh, heavy Did baby I, syndrome. HBS. Anybody here weigh more than nine pounds? They were born. Mm, I, I was seven pounds eleven ounces. I was the size of a corner store. How do you remember that? Because I was the size of a corner store. Oh, but somebody somebody told it. him when he was an adult, and he decided it was important. Oh, okay. I I don't know. I. Yeah, I have no idea. I would, I should have asked. Uh, the use of forceps or vacuum for delivery it can be a risk factor. The need to repair large tears after delivery is also right. a risk factor, of course. Other risk factors for fetal birth injury can include maternal obesity and an inexperienced attendant. What's the difference between maternal obesity and regular obesity? That's when your mother is extremely obese. It's when you're pregnant and obese. Okay. And you're trying to give birth to a baby and it could actually hurt the baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they have a hard time getting out. But we should say that some mothers who are, you know, considered by their BMI or their waist to be obese have perfectly healthy pregnancies right. and vaginal deliveries Absolutely. with no problems. It's just a These risk are factor. Risk factors, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Like if you're increasing it from ten to fifteen, that makes it a ten percent to fifteen percent, that makes it a risk factor. Mm-hmm. Specific situations that can contribute to birth injury include breech presentation and shoulder dystocia. Mm-hmm. What's dystocia? I think that's where the shoulders are out of line from where they're supposed to be. So okay. you, you kind of like your shoulders are jamming up on the pelvis instead of like squeezing through. They're just in the wrong position. Yeah. 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 They need to kind of uh, disco dance their way uh, out of the vaginal canal. And, st- yep. you know, we get that shoulder roll like, uh, you know, <laughs> like Travolta did in Saturday uh-huh. Night Fever. Okay. Right? Sure. Good news is later they're Fever really good at that. Fever. Yeah. That, you need to play the Bee Gees to help with that problem. <laughs> Yes, it's baby's night, and I'm... That's not the Bee Gees. Mm -hmm. 
Eclampsia is an acute and life-threatening complication of pregnancy characterized by the appearance of seizures. Seizures in the baby or seizures in the mother? In the mother. Okay. Mm-hmm. Typically, a woman shows signs of hypertension before the onset of the eclamptic convulsion. This is one of the reasons why, as you progress in your pregnancy, they are really, really vigilant about checking your blood pressure. Because mm. if that really starts to climb, um, then this is a serious risk that right. really needs to be addressed. And sometimes results in things like uh, induction of labor earlier than they would have done otherwise or right. even c-section to uh remove the baby because um the if little... you get all the way to the convulsion stage things are really really bad other cerebral signs such as nausea vomiting headaches and cortical blindness may also precede the convulsion in addition other organ symptoms may be pr- present including abdominal pain liver failure h-e-l-l-p syndrome Hello! Help. <laughs> I love it. Pulmonary edema and oliguria. Mm-hmm. The fetus may already have been compromised by intrauterine growth retardation and with the toxemic changes occurring during eclampsia may suffer fetal distress. Placental bleeding and placental abruption may also occur. During a convulsion, the fetus may experience bradycardia. These are a lot of words. That I don't is know a what... lot of long words. <laughs> they all sound very serious. Bradycardia is lowered heart rate. Oh, remember that uh, Remember that TV show, The Bradycardia Bunch? That's oh, right. yeah. That's right. They all had like heart issues. They all just kind of like breathed heavy and just gripped their chests, right? You're going to teach me how to drive better than my brother Greg. Yeah. In some rare cases, there are no convulsions and the wound falls directly into a coma. Bam. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to have my bit. Uh, uh, I'm a... Some women may experience temporary blindness upon waking from the coma. Right. Oh, so it's like uh, Han Solo when he came oh. out of carbonite. Oh, okay. We should just rename this it's from eclampsia to uh, carbonite syndrome. Car- car- carbon, sick- yeah. carbon sickness. Carbon sickness. <laughs> eclampsia tends to occur more commonly in first pregnancies, and young mothers and women who have experienced eclampsia are at increased risk for eclampsia in a later pregnancy. Typically, an eclamptic convulsion will not lead to lasting brain damage. However, intracranial hemorrhage may occur. One theory of the cause of preeclampsia is an abnormal immune response towards the placenta due to the fact that the fetus and placenta both contain foreign proteins from paternal genes. This is what so, uh, Dr. Yeah, Jenner talking was talking about. about. So you've got your dad's genes in there and the placenta and baby uh, or the body is like, oh, get this shit up. That, that's right. That's not my stuff. So your, your whole system Attack, is destroyed. freaking out. Your, your blood pressure right. is going out of whack as a result because you're like, I got an alien baby inside of me. I need it to go. But don't Little- worry. Uh-huh. Don't worry, there's help. Okay. There is substantial evidence for exposure to the partner's semen as prevention. Oh, is it by how you You just rub it over, rub it all oh, over the belly? Studies have shown strongly also, decreased incidence in women who have had long histories of sex with their partner without barrier contraceptives and in women who have regularly been performing oral sex on them. Assuming that their partner is the father. Uh, yes. 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 This is all assuming. This has to be oh, from yeah. the same dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you it's, go. You Otherwise, can't just go problems. around... You can't get like a anybody semen will do, yeah, and uh, build it up. No. Which really, like, it brings up a lot of questions for people that are really worried about this and looking for some prophylaxis, but are not in fact with the same partner. Mm. Oh, oh yeah, is that a yeah, k- kind of a giveaway. I like the fact that Torn threw it all like, "What do you just rub it on the belly or something?" Like, uh, <laughs> you know, that's uh, Torn's thing. I don't know. <laughs> You know, to get an immune response. I've never had these problems, Kevin. (laughs) 
I think it has to get to some kind of tissue that can absorb it somehow. So, so, you, uh, so the yeah. belly button then. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Perfect. That, exactly. Th- yeah, that big, huge scar that's on your belly that doesn't absorb anything. Pretty totally. sure it goes right through yeah. if you stick your finger right, in right. there. A team from the University of Adelaide found that men who lack sufficient levels of the seminal immune factors necessary to induce immunological tolerance in their partners were several times more likely to father pregnancies that would end in either preeclampsia or miscarriage. They referred to them as, quote, dangerous males, mm-hmm. end quote. Mm-hmm. Like James Bond dangerous? License to make your partner have a stroke and fall into a coma. Maybe this is why there aren't like thousands of uh, Bond babies all over the place because he's a dangerous male and they're right. all having miscarriages. Yep. Too dangerous. You're going to have to guzzle his cum to fix it. Also, why, you know, going for the bad boy is actually birth control. Uh, Oh. That's not good advice. No. No. Not good advice. Dr. Jenna says. No. Perform oral sex. Tune in next week for the exciting conclusion to this episode of Caustic Soda. It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside. And when you wake up, startled to say, I hope I don't go crazy today. It's such a bad feeling, an ominous feeling, a feeling you know that we'll be back when the week is new. And we'll have more gross facts for you. And you'll have things you want to hear about. We will too. Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while he was being buried alive. To comment on episodes, make donations, and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook, tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. I'm Sarah. Thanks for listening. Ha 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 ha